Suns show. We have a special guest for you. Titans wire is here, Rashard Mathis, coming off a big game against the Colts, and he's here on the Boston Show with John and myself. Rashard, what's up, man? What's up? What's going on? I appreciate y'all for having me. Hey, everything's good on our end, bro. I got to tell you, first of all, congrats on last night's game, winning the game, and happy belated birthday to you, bro. So what, what, what a great way to start in your birthday week with a win against the Colts on Monday Night Football. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's been a great week. Uh, great week of practice. You know, unfortunately, I had to practice on my birthday, but it's all good. It was worth it. Went out there and got the double Monday night and, uh, you know, on to the next. Well, you got a bye week after Cleveland, so you get game. Maybe you can go enjoy your birthday after Cleveland, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no doubt. Hey, you're the last day. Hey, let's see. Hey, last one. No, we last one. Dying breed. John's in the 70s. That was a little bit below the belt, right? That sounds good. That was real. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, shots fired. All day low. Shots fired. <laughs> fired. <laughs> man, oh, man. So, I'm talking to Rashard with you with the offense. Uh, Said how you guys clicked on with Derrick Henry running the ball, DeMarco Murray. You know, you, you getting those passes, Derrick getting his balls. Taiwan, you get a guy hit on a deep ride as well. So, I happy to see the offense click the way it has, man. Yeah, you know, just uh, last night was a good display of uh, everybody being involved and everybody making plays and everybody doing it. They're 11 contributing to a great team. You know, I was happy to see you guys you know, end zone, and Marcus is doing a, well, a good job at, uh, you know, distributing the ball around, and guys are making plays, you know. Uh, that's what it's all about, you know, uh, making the play when the, when your number gets called and taking advantage of all your opportunities. So do you feel that when Marcus's hamstring uh, fully healed and Corey Davis gets back healthy with his own hamstring injury, that the offense can go to an, either, an even higher level and force defenses into uh, kind of having to decide what to take away and, and who to direct their attention to so you'll have even more threats and become even more prolific? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, uh, I mean, like you said, you know, Marcus was out there with a with a bummed hamstring and uh, Corey, you know, uh, he hasn't been out there and he showed what he could do when he is out there. And, you know, just when, when we're able to put all those pieces together, uh, I think we're going to be even more dangerous uh, than we are now, you know, but, you know, we got we to do what we got to do. Uh, we can't make any excuses. You know, we still got to uh, do a better job at, at scoring and uh, getting the ball in the end zone and getting the red zone. But, you know, uh, for the most part, we're doing all right. You know, we still got uh, a long way to go throughout the season, and hopefully we can pick it up each week and, and uh, execute the way, the way we know we can. And you've been the Titans for your only second year to Titans here, Rashard. What's been the biggest improvement you've seen in Marcus' game for us, his leadership skills, his throwing the ball? What's for you been the biggest thing for you seen from Marcus his improvement to be even a better quarterback for you guys going forward? Uh, just, just like you said, you know, being a leader, understanding that, uh, understanding that you know the offense is his. You know, he can kind of maneuver the way he wants to, and you know, once he continues to keep understanding that, which I think he's doing uh, week in, week out, day in, day out, even at practice. You know, I think he's just going to be um, even more dangerous than he is now, you know. Uh, but he's doing a great job at leading the team uh, and being vocal when he needs to be and uh, just doing what he does, you know. So, now, Richard, every day in practice you go up against uh, a defense that's led by a legend in Diffabo. How amazing is it to see a guy at his age still out there getting after it every day and really be excited to be out there? And how often do you get to interact with him? Um, I, I see Coach LeBlanc every now and then. Uh, you know, uh, it, 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 he 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 instills you know that 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 competitive you know uh, 
itch in you, you know. Uh, you could definitely tell the defense gloves playing for them, and they, they go out there and they, everybody's, you know, um, running to the ball. You know, everybody's competing. Everybody's pushing each other. And, you know, you could definitely tell that that's what he's instilling in his players, you know, uh, whether it's on the field or off the field. Um, and I, th- I think it, I think it's great because, you know, it, it pushes us offensive players. It pushes myself. And, you know, just pushes any time you can get around people that, that help you to, to uh, you know, up your game and get better, you know, I'm, you know, you got to be all for it. Folks, we're Rashard Matthews here, the Tennessee Titans on the Boston Man Show. Titans are receiver, 24 catches this year. Just to down as well, doing big things for the Titans out there in Nashville. Now, Rashard, I'm hoping that John will put his Cleveland Browns fandom away and support the show guest this week because you played John's <laughs> Browns in a classy trap game. Now, after seeing what happened to Denver with the Giants, so is there a service notice to you guys to prepare hard this week, be ready for, for the Cleveland Browns, not look at that record and not let the human nature take over and say, hey, these guys are 0-6. We're we going to beat them anyway. We have a bye week after this. So what's going to make sure you all stay focused, not to let that trap game happen to you all as it happened to Denver with the Giants there on Sunday Night Football? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, uh, it's just it's just all about your mentality. You know, uh, we gotta go out there and do what we do. Can't worry about the the team that we're playing. We gotta just go out there and execute and, and uh, make plays in, in all three phases. You know, special teams, defense, and offense. Just go out there and do what we do. Play together and have fun doing it. And I think we'll we'll do a good job at uh, you know hopefully coming out with a W. Um, you know, it doesn't. You know, I always tell people it doesn't matter in this league. You know, whether your record with, with the Opponent record is what your record is. You know, everybody, we're all still professional. We're also, um, we're, the, we're the, you know, the highest at our, our uh, schools and college and all that stuff. So it doesn't matter. You know, any given, I always tell you, any given Sunday, Monday or Thursday, you know, uh, you can get guy if you're not if you're not prepared. So the Charlie JR, you know, informed you that I know I'm included in the Cleveland Browns uh, fan, but I am authorizing you to, to lay the smackdown on the Browns um, when you play them. You, you can go ahead and go off on them. I'm going to put you in a couple of my fantasy lineups. So you want to maybe do yeah. like, I don't know. Well, why don't you put up one of those yeah. nice Julio Jones games, you know? Give me like 10 catches, two bills, yeah. two TD, something yeah, like that. I mean, you, you okay with that? Jason, <laughs> I'm I mean, all for it, shoot. I'm, I'm going to go in there and do what I got to do. Everybody else is whooping their ass. <laughs> you might as well do it too, right? <laughs> I mean, you know, I, you know, I mean, they're, they're, they're still a, a great organization. You know, they're, they're – putting their pieces together. Um, it's a long season, you know. Um, you never know. They got, well, we got, uh, shoot, 10 games left. You're, so, um, you're being much you kinder. Being much kinder yeah, being much kinder than I am. I understand. I understand where you're coming from. I won't put you on the spot. But being a, a, a veteran now, six years in, you got the bye week coming up after Cleveland, as JR mentioned. How do you handle that now? Do you handle it differently than you did in year one, year two? Is that something that you kind of grow into as as you get further along into your career? Uh, I don't know. For me, myself, personally, you know, everybody's different. You know, some guys go have a good time. Some guys go hang out with their families. Um, I, oh, you guys there? Yes. yes we're, yeah, we, yeah, we, we got sorry. you. We're still short. Yeah, sorry, sorry. My, my phone was uh, acting up. apologize. Uh, but you know everybody does things differently. I've always been a guy who tries to take care of my body, um, so I, I'm gonna do just a great job of taking care of my body. I've been doing the same thing from week one, uh, from my first year till now. You know, I I I just take care of my body. I don't really worry about uh, kind of enjoying the time off. I kind of just you know focus on stretching, 
maybe doing yoga, Pilates, stuff like that. Just take care of my body. Just, uh, you know, when, I, when we come back that, you know, I haven't missed a beat and, and uh, you know, I'm good to go. After putting up all those yeah, stats sh- on, uh, on the Browns the week before, you're probably going to be a little tired. You might have to rest up. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm, I'm hoping we can get there. We'll, we'll see what's up. You know, the biggest thing is go down to Cleveland, and, uh, you know, they're going to be – they're going to uh, give us a fight, and we got to be prepared. And, you know, the biggest thing is just go down there and, um, you know, hopefully enter in the bye week with a W. I hear that. Now, Richard, take us behind the scenes for you, bro. Uh, where is your game day routine to get ready to go out there, point that two-tone blue and ball out for these Titans, man? So talk to us about kind of what you go through on game day to get ready to play each Sunday, Thursday, or Monday, whichever day they got you on, on that schedule, bro. Yeah, it just depends. Uh, for a home game, <clears throat> I, uh, you know, usually a 12 o'clock game, I'll wake up in the morning, uh, go to the facility, get in the hot tub, uh, relax a little bit in the hot tub, and then uh, I'll go in the weight room and stretch out a little bit. Um, just get my body warmed up before I get to the stadium. Then uh, I'll go home, uh, change, and then head to the stadium and just kind of uh, roll out, see the chiropractor there, um, and just kind of stretch and get ready for the game, go out, do pregame, and come back in, and then it's time to go. Uh, for away games, it's, it's a little different because, you know, I don't have the hot tub and stuff like that. They they provide the hot tub and stuff for us in the, uh, in the, way, in the um, locker room, but – I usually don't do that. I just uh, try to take the first or second bus out to the stadium and just get there early so I can stretch and, and uh, roll out and, and do things I need to do to get my body warmed up and uh, kind of get in the zone before the game. So <clears throat> I hear that. Jay, I just wanted to interject one thing. I heard you just a couple – in these last couple answers, you really stressed the amount of care you take in preparing your body to play. And, and I just wanted to point that out because you guys take an absolute beating out there. And, and – some positions more than others in different ways, but wide receivers, I mean, you guys take some awkward hits. You go to the ground awkwardly uh, frequently during the game. Uh, when you do come into contact, and even off the ball, you guys have a lot of contact. So can you just kind of explain on that a little bit, how, how physically taxing it is to play your position? Yeah, absolutely. It, it's definitely taxing. Uh, you know, I, I believe, you know, uh, as far as uh, phys- physically, you know, um, I mean, you know, just being ready, you know, the receiver position has to be uh, your body. You can't really slack. It's, uh, it's, it's visible if you're not if you're not uh, performing the way you need to perform or running as fast as you need to run, you know, because our position, you have to be running full speed. You can tell if somebody's uh, jogging or not, you know, uh, hitting the, the speed that they should be hitting um, or if their legs are just dragging behind them. So, it's very important to to take care of your body. You know, I tell guys a lot coming up that, you know, they should do yoga, Pilates, you know. Um, hopefully they, they don't take the macho approach and they're not like, oh, you know, that's that's not for me because it, it really helps your body. And I challenge you, if you've never done a Pilates class, to try it because you think it's easier. You think it's, uh, I don't know, if you have anything against it, I, I guarantee you, you, you don't know how strong your core is until you go do a Pilates class. But, uh yeah, for definitely for receivers and um, and DBs, I think because you you uh, you're not just taking a couple steps or doing anything. You have to be kind of warmed up, uh, ready to go right away. You know. I I think there's a Pilates place next to the burrito place that I go to all the time. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna have to dip in there one day. <laughs> that's 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 a sign. You know, they put it right next next to it. Like, hey, don't don't get the food. Come over here. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. So listen, 
JR and I, I want to let you know that we've got some skills on the court, okay, on the hard court. So JR yeah. has got a mean outside game, okay. He's, he can shoot the three from anywhere. He's basically like, if you've seen Steph Curry play, he's like a little step above that as far as accuracy. And then oh, I've got relax, a good post relax, relax, so, relax. Yeah. Yeah, so we had a good inside-outside game. Now, we know you used to hoop back in high school uh, in Cali, so how often do you get on the court these days, if at all, and then how would you rate your game? Do you do, would you rate it? Would you be on the same level as JR and I? Uh, I would definitely be on the same level as you all. You know, I mean, you got to, you know, I, I'll pick I'll pick a a partner and we can go two-on-two, two, you know, whenever y'all want it. But, uh, no, nah, I'm just kidding. Uh, I mean, I, oh, please do, Rashard. Pick <laughs> Harry Douglas. Hey, Pick him, please. Hey, I'm telling you all right now, I don't know y'all going to have a handful, man. Me and Harry, that's, that's going to be a mean combination. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if y'all want that. Uh, I'll, I'm going to pick Dick LeBeau. He's KG veteran. Oh, yeah. I mean, hey, I don't care who's out there. I'm a competitor. I mean, you could be a, a five-year-old kid on and not like you score. So, no, nah, but, um. <laughs> Nah, and uh, Harry can shoot too. Though you know, you know his brother's in the league and all that stuff. He got a he got a nice little shot. But um, yeah, I can hoop a little bit. I, I can, yeah, he does. I can hoop a little bit. I could I could do my thing. I can handle like out there. Uh, I'm a lot faster than people people expect, and I'm a lot more aggressive than people expect. And uh, you know, you just you, you know, uh, people uh, they they judge a book by a cover when they see me. You know, they they think that I can't hoop and I get out there and like, oh snap. So I, I love to uh, you know catch people off guard. Now, Rashad, I want you to ask Harry this story. Uh, in his Christmas Foundation's first year in Tennessee, uh, it was Jonesboro High School. I was out there in Stacey Adams knocking down threes. They were playing a horse. Ask him. He he, he can't deny it. I was in my church shoes. So you out here in church shoes. I sure it was. In my Stacey Adams knocking down threes. Uh-oh. Ask him. Okay. <laughs> I, 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 respect, I, I believe you. I'm just saying, you know, once I uh... – once I get out there on that court, you might be a little different with a hand in your face, you know? Because okay. I'm, I'm hey, going to be right there. Hey, you ain't going to just be shooting the, on air. <laughs> no, <I'm> just... <laughs> <laughs> got you. Hey, hey man. Hey, Rashad, I'll tell you what, bro. This has been fun. We got this again real soon. And we got to get on the court. I'm going to tell you again. We got to get John on the court. We and you and Harry play. I know Harry knee might be kind of over his knee injury, but when he gets healthy, get him on the court. Yeah, <laughs> we, we go 2-0-2. No. Not when he gets healthy. We just need a bad. <laughs> we need a whole other thing. I was going to say, yeah. If he, if, 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 when he's healthy, he's he, 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 he pretty much there. So, uh, you know, it, uh, whenever y'all, like I said, whenever y'all want to, uh, you know, Get get school on the court right quick. Just let us know. No doubt, man. Hey, <laughs> man. Hey, bro. Have a good game with Cleveland. Beat them boys, man. I'll see you against Baltimore and Ravens, man. Look forward to it, bro. All right. Thanks pre- again. Appreciate y'all for having me, man. Have a good one. You too, now. That's what Charbet on the Boss Man Show, people. Hope y'all enjoyed that one. your photo, video, and voiceover needs, check out the fine folks Blu-ray Productions. 
They will take good care of you. If you don't believe me, you can see for yourself. Check out their work at blueberryproductions.tv, the Facebook page, Blueberry Productions, also a Vimeo page, a YouTube page, and it's Blueberry, B-L-U-B-E-R-R-Y, Prod on Twitter. Check them out today. Blueberry Productions, great people, great work, great service. Fantasy football season is fast approaching, and if you're looking for an edge this season, you need to contact the guys at Draft Day Consultants. The concept is a simple one. Draft Day Consultants takes your requests and connects you with one of their trusted analysts, who then guides you through your draft, whether you just need a sounding board on decisions or if you need them to conduct your entire draft. Draft Day Consultants has you covered. Every one of their consultants has a proven track record of success and have conducted hundreds, even thousands of mock drafts. Thanks to this year-round research and analysis, the guys at DDC have an unmatched understanding of player values. So gain an edge on your league mates this season by hitting up DraftDayConsultants.com. That's www.DraftDayConsultants.com. Now get after it, fantasy footballers. Hip-hop fans, I got a great album for you. The debut album from Family Grind ENT, True Speech, and 313 Fresh. We're going to give two discs, 33 songs of pure, genuine hip-hop. Albums available on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, IllStreetRex.com, and streaming live right now on Rhapsody, Beats Music, Spotify, Xbox Music, Slacker Radio, and SoundCloud. Check them out today, True Speech, and 313 Fresh, Family Grind ENT. Believe in it, get it. Hello, my name is Travis Williams, President and CEO of Academics and Athletic Consultant, focused on educating and empowering tomorrow's collegiate athletic leaders. My passion is for the education and genuine concern and care for today's student-athlete. It's the centerpiece of my life's work. A college education, both in and out of the classroom, is a truly rewarding benefit. For more information on AAC, you can go to www.academics.com and athleticsconsulting.com. Once again, www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com. Or you can follow me on Facebook at Academics and Athletic Consulting or Twitter at Coach TWheel24 or Instagram Travis L. Williams24. Or you can call me at 404 542 Once again, AAC is very proud to partner with J.R. McHenry of the Bossman Radio Show, covering sports and entertainment across the country. Please tune in weekly for informative, entertaining, and expert analysis on today's sports and entertainment topics. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, it's your man, JC, the host with the most, baby, and it goes down each and every Saturday night right here in the city of Memphis. That's right, y'all. It goes down at Click Sports Bar Memphis, baby, 3705 Malco Way, Memphis, Tennessee, 38125. Come out and join us, the Three Kings, each and every Saturday night for the liveest karaoke in the city. Everybody gets in free till 10 p.m., only $5 after. Great food. We got drink specials. We got all kind of games, man. We got the pool tables popping. Whatever you want, we got you, man. Come on out. Have a good time with us each and every Saturday night. That's Clicks Sports Bar, Memphis.
gorgeous tan from Suntan City gives you an inner glow that relights the fire when you run into your first crush. Vicky, who is that? An old boyfriend. Lucky you just tanned at Suntan City. Lucky he's single. We're doing lunch tomorrow. Won't be single for long then. During Tour of the City, try all five tans, including spray tan, for just $4.99. Restrictions may apply. Click to buy now. Hello, college basketball fans. This is Donnie Tyndall, former head basketball coach, and we're getting ready to have a top three with Tyndall with JR the Bossman and John, myself, as we analyze the college basketball season team by team, break down stats and facts, and give you all the basketball scoop across the country on a weekly basis. We hope you'll join us and look forward to talking hoops with you on the Bossman Show. Man show with John Beckler here on the Bossman Radio Network. About to be joined by a Hall of Fame wrestling announcer. Been in the business for many years. WWE Hall of Famer, a guy I've been a fan of for many years of my life, watching the wrestling. The one and only Mr. Jim Ross on the Bossman Show. Jim, how you doing, sir? I'm good. I'm good. You know, I I knew another guy in the Bossman once once upon a time. So uh now you're the second big boss man I met. Oh, I appreciate. I'm not like the big. I don't have. I don't have a nice stick, Mr. Ross. I don't have a nice stick, but I love wearing all black though. So we have some similarities. <laughs> all right, there you go. Hey, I got started, y'all. We have a big firestorm along with the unfortunate comments of Hulk Hogan, and for been around as much as much as you have, have you ever seen this out of Mr. Hogan and the hill he has his type of views? And are you just to see? These comments came out about when it came to his daughter. Were you just shocked to hear that Hulk actually said things like this? Well, yeah, I'm very shocked to, to hear. And I'll be the first to, I'll be full disclosure here. Uh, Hogan and I are not, uh, have never been personally close. Uh, we've had a, a healthy business relationship. Uh, and that's it. I, I've never hung around him much. I've never socialized with him. So the two points to that are, one, I'm not going to tell you anything that's not the truth. I'm not going to try to protect him because he's my buddy uh, uh, or anything like that. But I will tell you that in all the years I, I have been around him, I've never known him to have any issues regarding uh, racism. Uh, he has, I know that he's been challenging to deal with on occasion, but, you know, heck, a lot of big stars can become challenging to deal with, no matter what entertainment form of entertainment they're in. And but as far as the race thing is concerned, uh, I've never known him to have any of those issues. And when I managed the talent roster at WWE, we had of uh, African American talents in the locker room. And if there had been any issues, uh, they would have we would we would have all known about it because they would have had no issues speaking up or they would have had no issues coming to me privately and saying, hey, i got a problem. 
so uh, that's kind of where I stand on it. Do I, I? I totally disagree with what he says. I'm embarrassed, and and it just gives us that grim reminder one more time, another day, another illustration that the country we live in still has racial issues, and it's a damn shame. But it also taps us on the shoulder and lets us all know that each and every one of us, no matter our skin color, got something we got work to do. And uh, that's kind of where I stand on that deal. So I don't condone what he said in any context uh, whatsoever. But as far as professionally and how and my dealings with him, I never knew of him having any issues with people of color or them with him. So that's kind of where I stand on that issue, boss man. But that's a unbelievably well said, Mr. Ross, and I think that we can all, you know, take that to heart and learn a little bit of something from what you just said. It is extremely well put. Now, you know, to take it one step further with Hogan, his life, his career, do you see him have a chance here to rehabilitate his image a little bit, or is this kind of going to be like a, the final lasting image that people have as, you know, one of their heroes, Hulk Hogan from the wrestling world? Is this going to kind of tarnish him for the rest of his career? Well, you know, uh, it's going to carry – it's going to – be a part of his life now. How big a part of his life is going to be is going to be largely up to him and how he positions himself uh, to the public. You know, uh, he's recently finally gotten off Twitter, thank God. And uh, you're not going to rehabilitate your image on Twitter and 140 characters at a time. It don't work that way. Uh, but I think it, I think it, he will do all he can to rehabilitate his image because. Let's face it. Uh, this is where he's a, he's a personality. He's a he's a show business person. He's an entertainer. That's what he does for a living. He's a spokesman. That type of thing. So if he plans on making a living in the work, the line of work that he's chosen for the last thirty plus years, then uh, he's going to have to rehabilitate his image and get someone to have confidence in him that uh, he's he's a. Uh, he made a mistake, and he's a changed man, and he's not going to make those mistakes again. Uh, but I don't know what choice he's got. I don't think he's going to ride off silently in, into the night, and we're never going to hear Hulk Hogan again. Uh, I just I don't see that happening. But I don't know his game plan for the future, except I would believe firmly that he will attempt to rehabilitate his image and attempt to get back in the public eye in some shape, form, or fashion. Now, do you feel it will be with maybe another promotion or just separately from the wrestlers altogether to trying to be Hulk Hogan, the character or the character or the, the brand, or trying to do it via a, a promotion like a, a Global Force or Ring of Honor or TNA if he wants to go out again? I don't think going to any other wrestling organization because, number one, none of the ones you mentioned can afford him. Uh, uh, he's not going to give us the talents away. He's too, and uh, uh, I just don't just to get on somebody's TV show for uh, for a little for a small payday. Not going to happen. But I do think that uh, he'll be looking at other avenues. Uh, who knows? I, I you know I don't know, but I would think more in the reality show uh, vein than anything else. You know, Dog the Bounty Hunter went through a similar issue once upon a time. Uh, uh, got him kicked off of A and was it A and E or his channel one or two and now he's he is back on cmp so 
I'm not saying that Hogan can't uh, resurrect himself to get on a to find himself a network that wants uh, a reality show that you know people might well watch. So, I, but the wrestling side, I don't see him going back and, and doing anything in the wrestling business. He's physically, he, I don't know that he can pass the physical after all his back problems. But uh, there's a lot of other things in the entertainment world that he can do uh, if he if, if if he can find somebody that's willing to do business with it. And I must be honest with you, Mr. Wallace. I'm an to their era baby, okay? Quite frankly, I'm still a fan of the WWE, but Finn Larry Raw for me can sometimes be unwatchable because it's too predictable for me. Like, I can know what's about to happen before it happens. And do you think that the creative team will loosen the reins on these guys and allow them to perform as the guys in the Attitude Era was allowed to perform? Or is there probably that the new crop is just not as good as the Attitude Era guys were? So, as you're trained eye to the business. What do you feel is the problem with the new new crop that we have and why that Raw can also become very unwatchable and SmackDown can become very un unwatchable depending on because of the, just the same old thing over and over and over again. What's your feelings about that? Well, I think that the bottom line of it is is that the talents that are the brand new talents that have uh, little, that have no uh, track record or no long resume of experience are at a disadvantage in today's highly critical uh, marketplace, a lot of information on social media, uh, fans have a lot more access to information, a lot more critical. And then the guys that have been around, uh, they need to be allowed to be themselves. The best performers are natural extensions of the real personality. Uh, so with that said, uh, the the the, the guys that have experience, like I'll give you the Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, uh, Cesaro, those guys are all highly talented guys, but they, but they've got to be allowed to become more of themselves, and that's a decision that the producers and the company's got to uh, commit to. The, the other guys that are coming through the performance center that are that are brand new. They, they they just haven't had enough uh, minutes in the ring to figure out who the heck they are. And, you know, a lot of guys we used to hire, you know, when I hired Stone Cold, he'd been in the business seven years before he debuted in WWE. When I hired Mick Foley, uh, I think he'd been in the business seven, eight, nine years before he got finally made to the WWE. So you don't have that right now with these rookies. And the guys like Rollins and Cesaro and Owens, as I mentioned, they're not rookies. They had several years in the independent circuit before they got to uh, World Wrestling Entertainment. And I, I think that, you know, now they've got to find themselves in that world and uh, adapt to that game plan and how that's uh, how they're being produced. It's like being an actor. You know, some directors are easy to work with and some are challenging. Some roles are a natural fit and some are a stretch. Uh, it's a craft that you learn over time, and it's a team effort. So, you know, you're not going to see the same quality, the same type, maybe a better word, of wrestling that we all fell in love with back when we were younger today. The business, that business has moved on, and the business is changing. And hopefully uh, these new guys can adapt and bring some of those elements of the old school back uh, but and all, all we can do is stay tuned, as they say, on tele in the television world.
extremely interesting uh, response there. And and I'm, I'm curious to know, you know, do you think the quality of that WWE roster and the shows would increase if they, they started to have a little bit of real competition from some of the promotions, as JR had mentioned earlier, that TNA, Ring of Honor, Global Force, uh, as they used to have with that uh, WCW, ECW during that Attitude Era? Well, you're asking of the hypotheticals because it's not going to happen. Uh, they they should be uh, the, the biggest opposition or opponents that WWE has right now is the, are the Nielsen ratings, the minute-by-minute ratings. And you can hang your hat on that hook too long, long, or you can not hang on it at all. But the Nielsen ratings are, is their competition. How are we doing against the other shows that are airing in our time slot? For anybody to think that Ring of Honor, Lucha Underground, Global Force Wrestling, or TNA combined are going to make a, a temple on the backside of WWE is being hallucinated. You're hallucinated. And I'm not a WWE apologist. I worked there 21 years. I had 40 in the business. I'm just telling you the reality of it. There's there's one NFL. Ain't no other football league in America ever going to move the NFL out of the way. The NFL and the WWE are same thing, different genres. Hey, that's a great response to it. And, folks, we are joined by Hall of Famer Jim Ross on the Boss Man Show here with Jared and John. And why you mentioned the NFL? You know what? I missed the XFL. That was a great league. That was one year the XFL. I loved it. The Memphis Maniacs was my team. My dad would take me over from from, from Atlanta to watch the Maniacs play at the Liberty Bowl. I must say that was one of my favorite teams ever. I loved. He hate me. Did you enjoy that league? I know it was only four years, but did you enjoy calling those games? Did you, did you well, I'm that? a big football fan. Still am. Always have been my whole life. Uh, so for me to be able to broadcast football on television was a big thrill, dream come true, one of those bucket list things for me. So, I, yeah, I had a blast and I had a good time. You know, I thought that uh, if we had, at the end of the day, and hindsight's always twenty twenty. if we had concentrated on the football more than the showbiz, in other words, we put more time and effort in the stake than we did the sizzle, uh, the league probably would have gotten a, a reprieve and had another year. But certainly – the National Football League did not want the XFL to succeed. Uh, the, the guys that wrote about the NFL on a regular basis and had access to the NFL locker rooms were never kind to the XFL under any circumstances. And all we were trying to do was give football players that were exiled a chance to get back in the game and then maybe make it to the National Football League. That's all the XFL was going to be. Springtime football, good programming for NBC, and for the cable, and then maybe a few of our guys could make it to the next level. Tommy Maddox, a quarterback in the L.A. team, made it to the next level and became a starting quarterback for the Steelers for a while. He made it with Carolina. Uh, there are other guys, too, several other guys that made teams. But that's all we ever wanted. And if the NFL came in and, and plucked our best players and put them on a 53-man roster, then that was a, that was a, a win for the XFL. But the NFL didn't want the competition, and it's, I find that to be it's, it's so uh, it's so true. They'll deny it because they're bulletproof. They're like the the mafia with a helmet and a pigskin on their arm. Uh, and I love the NFL. I've got the Sunday ticket. You know, I'm a big fan. I consume a bunch of product. But that's uh, you got to tell the truth if you're going to when you interview me, you're going to get the truth. And the truth is, if the National Football League 
didn't have time for the XFL, didn't want it to get a foothold. And they knew that Dick Eversole and NBC had the stroke that if the XFL could find its heartbeat, that they were going to stick around. And they made sure that that heartbeat didn't last but one season. And because everywhere you turned, the XFL was getting knocked by somebody that was covering for a living the National Football League. So were, I think it was a collusionary thing. It seemed as, as if it was. But I had a blast doing it. I have no regrets. I'm sorry that the company, WWE and NBC, lost so much money. But uh, the idea and the concept was solid. As Vince McMahon said, we took a calculated risk, and on that particular risk, we lost. But it was a great experience for me personally, and I have no regrets about being involved in it at all. Well, Jim, I can tell you, I still wear my XFL T-shirts that I have. I, I'm 28 now, but I can still wear my XFL T-shirts I had back in the day. I still have my Maniac shirt. I still have those things, and I still wear them because I was proud of that league. I have a football from XFL that my dad bought for me. So I love that league. I used to watch it every week, all four games. I enjoyed it. I missed it. It was great. I also love another league. The Atlanta Football League is the only league I love. The Georgia Force in Atlanta, Nashville Cats. So I'm a football junkie, as you, as you are as well. And I must ask you, being Oklahoma, are you a Cowboys fan in the NFL, or are you a Texans fan, or are you like somebody else? I have always, uh, I'm not, a, I'm not a fan of any one specific team. I'm an Oklahoma Sooners fan uh, until the day I die. Sooner born and sooner bred. When I die, I'll be sooner dead. Uh, and I am a fan of the team that my, the young men that played Oklahoma are playing on. And if they happen to play against each other on Sunday, I, I just sit back and watch like an uncle or as nephews to play on two different teams. I really don't cheer for any team. Now, when Barry Switzer was the coach of the Cowboys, I, I became a quasi-Cowboy fan while, while Coach Switzer was there because he was a former coach at OU. But right now, you know, I, I watch a, a – that's what makes it interesting. There's so many Oklahoma players in the league that I can watch just about any game and find one of my centers on that team. and It's a game more interesting for me. So, so I don't follow a team, but I can be league and I follow my Sooners that are in the league. Well, let's talk about the Sooners a little bit. You know, the football season's coming up. Um, based on what you've been seeing and hearing, what uh, you know, what, what are you expecting from Bob Stoops and his guys this season? Well, it's uh, probably more unanswered questions this year for this team than any year we've had in a long time. Uh, it starts with a quarterback, just like any team does, no matter what the league. It always starts with a quarterback. Uh, Oklahoma says they have three young men that are competing for the job. So, and uh, without coach speak or whatever, that tells me that they've got three guys that are looking to be the starting quarterback. And the old football adage is, you got two, you don't have any. You got three, you don't have any. So we got to find one of those guys who've got to separate themselves from the uh, from the pack and become the, the trigger man on that team. So. First issue, point of business, is finding a quarterback that can run the offense that the new 31-year-old offensive coordinator is going to put in. And uh, But I, I think well, last year we were close in some games. It was an 8-5 and five year. Eight wins, Oklahoma is unacceptable. Uh, the coach will tell you that himself. So they're, they're motivated to uh, rectify their wrongs last year. Because, like I said, some schools not be happy to win eight and go to a bowl game. 
not here at uh, Oklahoma University. It's, we we play for national championships and and Big 12 titles. Anything short of that is a, a disappointment. So I I don't know what kind of year we're going to have. We our schedule is very unfavorable. We have a lot of question marks. We have three new coaches. We don't have a quarterback established. There's so many unanswered questions. And uh, the second game of the year, we traveled to Tennessee to play the Volunteers. Uh, they're getting better. That's a big game for them. It's already sold out. Well over 100,000 fans. So uh, we'll find out early what this team's uh, got in their uh, got in their uh, jock strap. Now, Jim, I'll be at the, the Tennessee-Oklahoma game. Will you be coming to Knoxville for that game? I'm actually doing my one-man show in Knoxville, uh, ringside with Jim Ross on uh, Thursday night, uh, the 10th of September, at a venue called the uh, the International. Uh, so I'll be in Knoxville all week. I'm doing my show on Thursday night, the 10th of September, uh, my one-man show, and then uh, I'm also doing it on uh, the Wednesday, August 19th, in Washington D.C. at the Improv. I'm uh, doing it on uh, Saturday night, August 12th. 22nd at the Gramercy Theater in New York City. I'm doing it on uh, September the 12th, as I, 10th, as I mentioned, in Knoxville, and Sunday afternoon, September the 20th in uh, Houston. So I'm doing the, several of my one-man shows, telling stories, doing Q&As, meet and greets. It's a nice night, affordable entertainment, and I have a blast interacting with the fans. So so to answer your question, yeah, you bet I'll be, at, I'll be in Knoxville. I'm going to go to yeah, I definitely got to come see you. Uh, and my show as well. So I, I got to come see you, Mr. Waller. I got to come meet you in person. I'm, so I, it's only a three-hour drive for me from anywhere I go, whether I'm in Atlanta or Nashville. Not a too far of a drive away to go to Knoxville. So I'm going to have to catch you while you're in Knoxville, no doubt. And I have to ask you another question about, about the Big 12. When are they going to go to actually having 12 teams? Because it seems to me that Texas is not letting the league get two more teams. Because they have a championship game and get a college football playoff bid if they had actually 12 teams and not 10 teams in the Big 12. So I just want to get your opinion about that and what two teams may they could post to get 12 teams in the league and get the league a, a league championship game like they used to have in Kansas City when they still had a rotating from there. No, I don't know. Uh, you know, the there's some presses in the league that want it to expand to 12. There's some presidents that don't, they like splitting their TV money 10 ways instead of 12 ways, all that good stuff. Uh, I'd like to see them have two more teams uh, myself and have a, a championship game. I think that would be good for the game of football. But, boy, I don't know where you get – I don't know what other two teams you get that uh, are available uh, that would be uh, a good fit for this league. You know, we've got West Virginia in the league, and, and as much as I appreciate uh, the Mountaineers, geography tells me that makes no sense at all. Because you, you can't get there from here type deal. You know, West Virginia is a long way away. It's hard to get to Morgantown. I, I've been out there. I enjoy the atmosphere. They've they got an exciting team and a, and a real good coach. But uh, it, here's the deal. Football pays the bills in, in virtually every major university's athletic program, no matter the sport. They pay all the bills or the majority of the bills. Some football programs donate money back to the school, whether it be for libraries or, or new classrooms or whatever. Football is the cash cow. Football is the mac daddy. So you got to keep the goose that lays the golden egg healthy. I say what's going to happen is there's going to be four leagues. They're going to have 16 teams each. 
that's 64 teams, and that the uh, television networks are going to be in cahoots with the presidents and to a little bit lesser degree uh, the athletic directors, and they're going to go with them. They're going to follow the, the money. Anybody that tells you that college football ain't about the money is is a lion or is misinformed. When somebody says it's not about the money, but they're trying to tell you it's all about the money, you got to keep that goose laid the golden eggs healthy, financially secure. I see two 16-team leagues, the eight teams in each division. The winners of each division will play in the conference championship game. That's money. They'll make it the final four, and that's more money. And they'll play in the championship game, that's more money. And that all, and I think that the league's going to be decided with a great deal of in-television programmers that will be paying the billions of dollars to uh, get the rights to these games. And for any of us to think that in our lifetime, that some of the major games in college football won't go to pay-per-view, we're being naive. So I don't know what's going to happen in the Big 12, but I think overall in college football, uh, we're, we're going to major changes within the next decade. All right, Mr. Ross, I got two more questions coming down the home stretch here, and they're both getting down to the nitty-gritty. Okay, the first one is about the, your career and, and one of the most proud moments that you've had uh, within the rest, wrestling business. Proud moment, enjoyable moment. What sticks out to you in your career in wrestling? Well, you know, uh, I grew up as an only child on a poor uh, farm. Eastern Oklahoma, 160-acre farm, uh, and uh, only child. Uh, didn't have a, we didn't have cable TV. He didn't have video games, any of that stuff. And, uh, so for me, he being a chubby kid with a southern accent, the fact that I got stricken with Bell's palsy, which was facial paralysis, on three different occasions, but to find myself still uh, being inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame, on that night in 2007 in Detroit was probably my proudest moment. Uh, you, it's like asking me, what's your favorite match? Well, that would be akin to asking me, which is my, who, who's your favorite child? Uh, I can't answer that question because there's so many great matches I've been privileged to call. But for me personally and selfishly, the most uh, significant uh, milestone was being inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame because I'm not supposed to be there. I'm part Cherokee Indian, Native American. Uh, I, you know, I, 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 my origins was a biracial family uh, with, a, with a Native American, and they were not accepted. I understand racism. I understand a lot of things that, because my great-grandfather great uh, was exiled for it, because he married a Cherokee lady. And so uh, I came a long way. I got very lucky and got very blessed. So going to the whole thing was my my moment, and I'm uh, very proud of that opportunity. People with Southern accents uh, are not supposed to be global television people. And I've, I've had I've got a very loyal audience and a fan base that follow me on Twitter and Facebook and all that stuff, which I love. And when I do my one-man shows, I get uh, the crowds have been very, very good because people respect my work, and I, and I was the voice a lot of them grew up with. So I, for that, I'm very thankful. But the, the Hall of Fame induction is a fantastic accomplishment, and we congratulate you on that, Mr. Ross. Now, the, the big question that I have for you as a fellow barbecue connoisseur, sir, uh, 
um, you know, what do you feel the essential elements to having that perfect barbecue? What, what type of meat, what type of sauce are you looking for when you go out um, to prep some barbecue or even just, just to sample some barbecue? For me, it's, it's brisket, you know, it's some brisket or it's some dry rub, um, you know, country style ribs. Well, I think that the whatever your preference is, uh, the one, one thing you can't you got to have is patience. Uh, you got it because, and you got to have time. You got to be patient with uh, how you you need to you need to. I I like to dry. I have a dry rub sauce that we make. It's a sauce. It's a dry rub, all-purpose seasoning. Uh, I'll season my product wherever whatever it's going to be, and, and try to season it overnight. I think being able to season and that's something set overnight is uh, un, is one of the secrets to, to great barbecuing, great smoking. And then being able to do it on low and go low and slow, low meaning in the 200-degree range, maybe a little less, a little more, depending on, you know, your preference or your how, how your smoker is working. But uh, patience is a big deal. You know, I, the worst barbecue I ever had was good, so I'm a barbecue freak. I love it. Uh, I just had barbecue today. I smoked meat at Billy Sims Barbecue in Norman, and I had uh, I had I had smoked turkey and smoked chicken because I'm trying to watch what I'm eating. And uh, you know, if it's good barbecue and you're using good wood, especially a, a fruit wood like or, or flavored wood, pecan, apple, pear, uh, hickory, mesquite, and not just oak, but you're using something that's got a little flavor. That wood has a whole heck of a lot to do with it as well. So a simple, good, dry rub overnight, then low and slow on something that's got some wood in it that's got some flavor, and it's hard to screw that up. The only way you can do it is get impatient and turn the heat up, make it, make it cook hotter, and try to save time. If you're all about cooking hotter and saving time, then you don't need to be, you don't need to be barbecuing and smoking because it's not going to be good and you're not going to want to do it. So that's my advice to anybody that's wanting to be a smoker, uh, smoking meat, and have a, a real good barbecue. And what you said about the brisket, you can get an argument from me. I love brisket, and I love I love ribs. Uh, the mark of a great barbecue place, if you go to a barbecue place, there are two things that you can, you always got to look for. How, how good are the ribs and how good are the sides? If one of them's done half-assed, then you ain't the right spot. Ribs and sides will tell you how good overall the barbecue is. Yes, indeed. I'm hungry now. Yeah, you're just going through the motions on the sides, and they took shortcuts, and they're not going to go through the motions on something else. So, but patience, patience, high-quality meat, cleanliness, and a, and a wood that's good, got good flavor, uh, and you're you're on your way to the promised land. I tell you what, Jim, when I'm in Memphis. I rack up in Memphis on the barbecue. I, I can't get like get like I wanted to get in Atlanta and I, in Nashville. But when I'm in Memphis, I get me some good barbecue always. I'm gonna tell you this is one restaurant in Nashville. I won't name the place, but it was the only restaurant I ever had some barbecue where I was like, I, this this sickens me. You know, it has a, it's a great, 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 great appearance, great ambiance, but the barbecue went like that, and I should have walked out. <laughs> I had I had some I had some I had some barbecue in Nashville, downtown near the Opry called at Jack's, Jack's Barbecue. I thought was pretty good. Uh, and then I had I was in Memphis not too long ago, and I thought the best bar 
barbecue I had in Memphis was Central Barbecue. Uh, and I went to all the famous places. Uh, one of them I won't mention because it wouldn't be fair. They may have had a bad night, but it was the first barbecue restaurant I ever went to. I sent it back. They wouldn't eat it. But they put so much dry rub on it. They dry rub. You can't dry rub and let it soak overnight, set overnight, and then cook it, and then take it off your smoker, and then, then dry rub it again. You're, 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 that's not working. That don't work. You got too much. Uh, and so you're all down tasting as a dry rub. And you're, you're killing the meat. So you don't want to, I'd rather taste the meat than all the sauces and all the other stuff. But I like a, our sauce that I make uh, is a is a very rich, thick, non-vinegary sweet uh, sauce in a hot one. And that's my mom's recipe. And then uh, I make a hot version of that. It's the uh, same basic, uh, uh, you know, thickness and, and richness, but it's just got a little, more, a little bit more of a bite to it. But I'm not big on the vinegar sauce or the vinegar taste because to me uh, it overrides the meat and I want to taste the meat and not the sauce. I dig that. I'm going to tell you if you're ever in Atlanta if you're down here in Atlanta where the show's based out of I'm going to go to Hottie Hogs Barbecue. That's one of our sponsors. It's some of the best barbecue in Georgia. The guy's from Texas. He does a great job. His name is Kyle Vaughn. He does a great job. He tell him I sent you. And I said he'll hook you up real nice. Now he's an A&M fan, and my you know Oklahoma A&M fan may have may cause a little rip a little bit, might get a little business. About <laughs> it's all right, I had, all right, that ain't no problem. But I tell you what, I'll, I'll try I'll, next next time I'm in Atlanta, I'll check it out. Yeah, I tell you what, that barbecue's good, man. The dry rub wings, he has some curry wings as well. He does a great job. The establishment's real nice. Northwest Atlanta off Bolton Road. Right there by the river off 285. You can't miss it. It's a great spot. I love to go there and eat. I probably shouldn't eat as much as I do, you know, but I do eat there three or four times a week when I'm in town. So I tell you what, this has been a great time with you, Mr. Ross. I'll tell you, John and I have been fans of you since we were kids. I'll tell you that. I'm 28. John is in his mid-30s. We've been watching you for years, and we we're all fans. And the opportunity to talk to you on, on our show today is like a blessing. It's like we definitely loved you as a kid and love you as an adult. We just love what you do. Well, appreciate you guys, and I encourage your listeners to follow me on Twitter at JRSBBQ. Indeed, folks, that was a blessing, guys. Hall of Famer, W Ball Hall of Famer, Jim Ross on the Boss Man Show. Travis Williams, President and CEO of Academics and Athletic Consultant, focusing on educating and empowering tomorrow's collegiate athletic leaders. My passion is for the education and genuine concern and care for today's student athlete. It's the centerpiece of my life's work. A college education, both in and out of the classroom, is a truly rewarding benefit. 
For more information on AAC, you can go to www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com. Once again, www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com. Or you can follow me on Facebook at Academics and Athletic Consulting or Twitter at Coach TWheel24 or Instagram Travis L. Williams24. Or you can call me at 404-542-607. Once again, AAC is very proud to partner with J.R. McHenry of the Boss Man Radio Show covering sports and entertainment across the country. Please tune in weekly for informative, entertaining, and expert analysis on today's sports and entertainment topics. Thank you. Fantasy football season is fast approaching, and if you're looking for an edge this season, you need to contact the guys at Draft Day Consultants. The concept is a simple one. Draft Day Consultants takes your requests and connects you with one of their trusted analysts, who then guide you through your draft, whether you just need a sounding board on decisions or if you need them to conduct your entire draft. Draft Day Consultants has you covered. Every one of their consultants has a proven track record of success and have conducted hundreds, even thousands of mock drafts. Thanks to this year-round research and analysis, the guys at DDC have an unmatched understanding of player values. So gain an edge on your league mates this season by hitting up DraftDayConsultants.com. That's www.DraftDayConsultants.com. Now get after it, fantasy footballers. Yeah, yeah, it's your man JC, the host with the most, baby, and it goes down each and every Saturday night right here in the city of Memphis. That's right, y'all. It goes down at Clicks Sports Bar Memphis, baby. 3705 Malco Way, Memphis, Tennessee, 38125. Come out and join us, the Three Kings, each and every Saturday night for the liveest karaoke in the city. Everybody gets in free till 10 p.m., only $5 after. Great food. We got drink specials. We got all kind of games, man. We got the pool tables popping. Whatever you want, we got you, man. Come on out. Have a good time with us each and every Saturday night. That's Clicks Sports Bar, Memphis. A gorgeous tan from Suntan City gives you an inner glow that relights the fire when you run into your first crush. Vicky, who is that? An old boyfriend. Lucky you just tanned at Suntan City. Lucky he's single. We're doing lunch tomorrow. Won't be single for long then. During Tour of the City, try all five tans, including spray tan, for just $4.99. Restrictions may apply. Click to buy now. Hello, college basketball fans. This is Donnie Tyndall, former head basketball coach. And we're getting ready to have a top three with Tyndall, with Jr. the boss man and John, myself, as we analyze the college basketball season team by team, break down stats and facts, and give you all the basketball scoop across the country on a weekly basis. We hope you'll join us and look forward to talking hoops with you on the Boss Man Show.